Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. Here we go, 2023, we're here together. Super grateful for you as a church family, and I'm excited what God has for us as a family this year. I tend to be an optimist, so it's so easy to focus on all the problems in our world, but I would encourage you, we have the opportunity to focus on things that are good and the good things that could take place in 2023, not fixate on the problems. So as a church family, when we gather together and open up God's word, we have such an incredible opportunity to have a compass through the ups and downs of life that God has given us his word and the gathering of his people to come together to pray and to learn and to grow and to find a direction through life. And so I love the opportunity to open God's word together because there's practical truths for our daily lives here with us today. So in this new series, we're calling it Unbound because I think a lot of us are stuck. We tend to get stuck or bound up by things in our lives. We make excuses We tend to focus on the negative. We can get judgmental. We can struggle with doubt. We can struggle with uh, being critical. All this stuff that happens. And Jesus, in the Gospels, has a number of scenes that we're going to look at over the next number of weeks where he invites his sons and daughters to hear the truth and to be set free from their stuck by listening to truth. And it might sound like an unlikely solution, but Jesus says freedom comes by obeying him. And so we're going to jump into that. Last year, we worked through the entire Bible and preached through the entire Bible, sort of major themes, and we encourage you to read your Bible throughout 2022. Hopefully, you are willing and ready to jump into reading your Bible again because there's a compass that's given to you that God has entrusted to you for you to grow and learn. So you could use that same Bible plan again if you'd like, or you can go online. There's countless Bible plans. If you're willing to make a commitment, there's countless Bible plans. I would encourage you to look at the YouVersion Bible app. So many different plans, but we also designed another one, a short one for you this year. If you're interested in journeying with us, we put together this four-month, three readings a week, Discover Jesus, Journey with Jesus, kind of Life of Christ chronology. And so if you want to grab that, you go on our app or online and you can download a copy, print a copy for yourself. We would love for you to take a journey over the next number of months together in learning Jesus. So you kind of get this vibe that in 2023, we're leaning into the teaching and the work of Christ and listening to his truth, journeying with him, obeying him, following him. And in that, I believe we're going to discover a new level of freedom. That's my encouragement to you. So let's jump into this together. Let's pray before we jump into his word. God, thanks for the opportunity to be together in 2023, for the opportunities before us. Father, what's fascinating about your sovereignty over this world is that you're ahead of us. You're already at the end of 2023. You know the ups and downs we'll experience throughout this entire year. You'll know the crossroads that we'll face. And you love us so much to give us choices, choices to believe or to not believe, to trust or not to trust, to obey or to not obey. And you know 
You know our stories. You know our doubts. You know our stuck. You know the parts of us that are bound up. You know where you can give us freedom. You're inviting us to listen and to obey and to get unstuck, unbound, because you love us. So as we open up your word today, here on campus or online, I pray that your spirit would guide us and convict us and teach us, that you would open up our hearts and remove every distraction that we might hear your voice. In Christ's name, amen. So we're jumping into John chapter eight. If you have your Bible, turn it on, open it up, paper copy. Uh, If you don't have a copy of the Bible at guest services, we'd love to give you a paper copy in English or in Spanish. You can download copies that are available for you everywhere. We love for you to follow along. We use the NIV translation. And as you turn there, let's talk about this four-letter word that most of us hate. It's the word obey. Why do we hate to obey? Why is it hard for us to listen to anything or anyone? I mean, I'm by nature a rebel, so right now what I would like to do is disobey the law of gravity and just jump out into the crowd and hope that I don't get hurt or crush you, right? I would love to disobey the law of gravity, but it doesn't usually work that way. And why is it that I don't listen to my doctor? Why don't you listen to your doctor? Like, why do you hate going to the doctor so much when you know that the doctor is the person that's going to prescribe to you what is true? Our doctors tell us all kinds of things about how we should eat and how we should sleep and how we should live, and we go, "Eh, I don't really want to listen to you. Why is it that we don't obey, listen to truth, follow instructions? You don't have a problem with that. It's just me, right? No, we all struggle with this. And it gets us, it lands us in kinds of stuck or ruts or struggle. Let me ask this question. What if we're stuck because we're unwilling to obey God? Like what if the stuck that you find yourself in is directly connected to disobeying your creator? Because I have a hard time following someone, listening to someone, obeying a law from someone that I see and I can talk to, let alone someone I can't see or I can't talk to. What if the struggle, the repeated cycle, the rut, the way you're bound up is because you're unwilling to listen, obey your creator? Is it possible? Is it possible that the repeated criticism that you're in, the repeated judgmental spirit, the the critical nature, anxiety, the fear, the difficulty that you're experiencing, is it possible it's because you're disobeying God? I just pose that question to you because Jesus invites us into a level of freedom to unstuck us, and that's why I love John 8, 31 and 32. It's an invitation to obey. Jesus says, to the Jews who believed him, if you hold to my teaching... You're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A very famous, powerful line that Jesus speaks. And to understand what he's saying, we kind of have to look at the context in which he speaks it. Like, who does he say this to, and why does he say it? John chapter 8 is a profound chapter. Great homework assignment this week. If you'd like to kind of dig into something in the Bible, John chapter 8 is awesome, fascinating. It's written by Jesus' closest friend, 
He's the last person to write an account of the Gospels. He kind of gives some details that other Gospel writers don't give. And at this point in Jesus' life, he's been around for a while. People have seen Jesus do miracles. They're believing in him and following him. But they're believing and following, and the sort of the newness of believing and following is starting to wear out. And some people are starting to ask difficult, hard questions. In John chapter 8, Jesus responds with a number of bold statements starting earlier in the chapter. He makes this bold statement. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. Can you imagine standing at Costco and someone said that to you? I am the light of the world. You're like, you're a whack, right? I mean, like if somebody said that, right, you'd be like, what is wrong with this person? He makes this bold statement. He's done some powerful things. He's done some miracles. He teaches with such a greatness, such a love, and he makes this statement, I am the light of the world. I want you to look at that statement. I want you to really look at it, and I want you to answer this question. Do you believe Jesus is the light of the world? See, because at the end of the day, this statement he makes sort of separates people out, right? It isn't what your mom thinks or your dad thinks or what your church thinks or your spouse thinks or your girlfriend thinks. What do you say about this statement? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you walk in the light of Christ, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. No one can answer that question for you. Jesus poses this bold statement for all of us to look at it and go, do I believe that's true? And I think some of us go, yes, I do believe. I believe Jesus is the light of the world. I believe he lived and died and rose again, that by faith in him, I can walk out of darkness into light and life forever. I think some of you could look at this statement and go, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really know. I don't know enough to, to make a decision this quick. Like, stop putting me on the spot. What's with the pressure? Like, I, I get it. You might go, you know what? I don't know enough to say whether I believe Jesus is the light of the world. I'm glad you're here. But I think some of us have been around Jesus, and some of us have been around Christianity. Some of us have come to church for a long time, watched all kinds of stuff online, and we look at this statement and we go, I don't believe that's true. I mean, I kind of do this religion stuff because it feels good and I get dragged here by a family member. It's kind of what we always do. But I don't believe he's the light of the world and I don't believe the Bible. And here's the thing. I'm glad you're here because if he is the light of the world, he can pierce through any darkness. But here's the deal. What Jesus is about to say in John chapter 8, 31 is not for you. If you say, I don't believe he's the light of the world, then what I'm going to say next is gonna sort of be irrelevant to you. I'm glad you're listening. Keep listening. Because he says, he makes this statement. He's talking to people who believe. 831 says, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. To those who believe, who say, yeah, I believe he's the light of the world. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. The word hold means remain. When you remain in my words, not just say that you believe, but hold on to, remain, stay connected, stick with, hang on his teaching, hang on his words. He says, if you hold, remain, hang on, then you're really my disciple. What's a disciple? Disciple is someone who learns from and becomes like someone who follows, right? We could be disciples of chefs. We could be disciples of musicians. We could be disciples of 
all kinds of things. You learn from and become like you are someone who follows. Jesus says, if you remain, if you hold on to, stay with, stick with my words, my teaching, then you are my disciples, my followers. And the reason he says this is because there's lots of people that say, I believe in God. Lots of people say, I believe in Jesus. And what he's doing in this moment is sort of separating out and going, do you really believe on the light of the world? Because if you believe on the light of the world, then are you holding to what I say? Or are you walking in darkness? Are you sticking with me? Are you remaining with me? He's separating out those who believe, really put their trust in Jesus from those who don't. Maybe I can explain it best this way. Please don't judge me with what I'm about to say. Sometimes I watch infomercials. Right, you're bored, you put on an infomercial. Like sometimes I watch infomercials and don't judge me, sometimes I buy what I see on an infomercial. Right, and so everybody once in a while is busy and doing things and you're moving about and doing things and you, you need a stool that's portable, right? You need to be able to go somewhere, right? You just never know when you're gonna need a stool to kind of sit down or stand on something or whatever. And so you buy something from an infomercial, right? And this one, check it out, right? Right, and here's this stool. And it's easy to say, I believe in the 995, you too can have this great stool. It's another thing to put my 230 pound weight on this thing. It's one thing to say, I believe. It's another to sit on it. And what Jesus is doing in this passage in John is he's saying, are you, are you, just, are you just someone that looks at Jesus? And says, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. I believe in heaven and hell. I believe in forgiveness. Or are you someone that sits on him? And theologians will use language like this. They'll say, you can believe in Jesus or believe on Jesus. Are you willing to sit on him? To put your weight on him? To trust him? To rest in him, to put everything you've got in him? Or is he just something you have at the house that you kind of got at an infomercial? For just $9.95, you too can have your sins forgiven and go to heaven. And so you take Jesus into your home, but you never sit on him, you never rest on him, you never trust him, you never believe him, you never follow him, you never put your trust and hope in him in every way. Jesus is separating things out in John chapter eight. And he kind, of, he kind of exposes you and me. It's his way of saying genuine faith remains with Jesus' teaching even when I disagree or don't understand. Even if I don't know if it's gonna hold my weight, that I'm going to stick with Jesus, his words, his truth, whether I understand or I don't understand, whether I can explain it or I don't under, can explain it, whether I believe it's gonna carry my weight or whether it's gonna crash underneath me, I am all in with Jesus. I'm putting my weight on him because of his character and who he is, I'm gonna stay with him. Jesus says, then you're, you're my disciple. And, and here's what's hard about this. Sitting on this thing costs me something. Like it costs me. I have to take a risk that this thing is gonna hold me up. I'm a big guy. 
Is this thing gonna hold me? And I have to take a risk because the reality of Jesus' teaching, when I don't understand and I don't agree and I'm not sure if it's gonna hold me up, everybody else around me is going, forget that ancient crap. Don't follow that stuff. The Bible is fake. Who cares? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care. He's not real. It costs you something to put your full weight on Jesus. It costs you decisions. It costs you feelings. It costs you lifestyle. It costs you and me something to sit on him. But there's a beautiful promise here in John chapter eight that if I put my full weight on him, it costs me something, but there's a benefit that's going to outweigh the cost. You ready? Let's look at it. And I'm so glad to sit back on this. John chapter eight, verse 31 again says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Before we get into this benefit of this costly obedience, let's talk about truth for a minute. Is there something, is truth real in this world? Is there absolute truth? I mean, people agree or disagree with whether there's truth or not in this world. Some say yes, some say no. Not sure what you think about the law of gravity, but I'm not gonna test it, right? Like, it'd be one thing to say, I don't feel like believing in the law of gravity, and I jump off this stage, right? Are you willing to test it? I'm not. I believe there's an absolute law called gravity. Just me. I believe that if you drink too much and you get behind the wheel, some bad things are gonna happen. That's an absolute truth. You can't avoid. You know what, and here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether I like the truth or I wanna follow the truth or what I feel like about the truth or even if I understand the truth, to deny that there is truth is both illogical and irrational. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter one describes Jesus as coming from God the Father, full of grace and truth, love, mercy, and truth truth. And so when Jesus walks and talks and lives and acts in the Bible, he is the embodiment of truth. He is the very word of God, the essence, the logos of all things that are true. And the Bible captures these things for us so that we can know the truth, apply it to our lives, and get unstuck. But it's so interesting here Jesus doesn't say in John chapter 8, verse 32, he doesn't say, discover the truth and then be my disciple. He doesn't say, learn the truth. The more you know, then you're set free. He doesn't say, ascend to the highest dimensions of truth, and then you're welcomed into my family. He says none of that. He says, if you hold to my teaching, my words, you're my disciples, then you will know the truth. Believing in and sticking with and remaining with Jesus is how you know the truth. It's not no more truth than believe. It's believe and then you'll know the truth. And we want evidence, don't we? We want proof before we put our trust in something. I love how St. Augustine, fourth century, says, faith is to believe what you cannot see. Truth is seeing what you've believed. So interesting, because it's so backwards to our mentality. We want proof, we want evidence, and faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And Augustine's saying, no, it's in the believing that you will see the truth. 
He's saying, Jesus is saying, sit on the stool and know that you'll be safe. You'll know the truth when you sit down. You'll experience the truth when you put your full weight on the stool. You will experience the truth when you put your full weight on Christ. When I believe in his teaching, believe in his words, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's confusing, even when it's hard, even when I'm not sure, that's when I'll know the truth. And that's when the reward comes. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You're stuck. You're bound up in something. You're ashamed. You're longing for freedom. Genuine faith leads to genuine obedience. I believe and I'm going to sit on in obedience his truth and that's what creates genuine freedom. It starts with believing and then obeying and freedom comes. The freedom to overcome doubts. The freedom to overcome overthinking everything. The freedom of excuses. The freedom of comparison. The freedom of controlling everything. The freedom of sin. All of this comes as I believe and I obey and it leads me to a type of freedom because I get so stuck and so sideways. You know, when Jesus makes the statement in John chapter eight, people that are listening to him, he's making these statements to those who believed. And some of the people in the room that are listening to him in that moment go, yeah, I believe what you're saying. And they keep going with Jesus. Others get sort of cynical and they start going, say what? Like, really? Is it really just believe and trust and you'll be free? And they're getting cynical. And Jesus has some direct answers to this. Scroll down to verse 43. People are questioning him and they keep questioning. The people that believed in him continue to press him with questions. And Jesus makes this bold statement. He says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you, you do not believe me, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Presumably everyone there is actually hearing him, and he's saying, the reason you don't hear actually take in, believe, and obey the truth is because you don't belong to God. Wow. It goes back to that important question. Do you believe Jesus is the light of the world? If he is, then we obey, we listen, we follow, and we discover freedom. But if you go, no, he's not. Jesus is not the light of the world. Okay, then you have to understand that means you don't belong to God. Yes, he made you, but our sin and our rebellion and our desire to walk away from God and ignore God and disregard God, this is our natural tendency. When we don't live for God, we don't belong to God. And in this state, Jesus says we belong to Satan. He's the father of lies and deception. He's trying to suppress the truth and blind us to what is true and good for us. And it holds us in a form of slavery to sin and death. But that person, you, me, when we hear the truth, we have a choice. 
When we look at ourselves and we go, yeah, I'm a rebel against God and I can't clean up my act, but Jesus loves me so much that he wants to fix that for me. I trust him. I believe him. He's the light of the world. He wants us to hear these things and be changed. We have a choice to recognize our slavery to sin and to darkness and ask Jesus to be the light of our lives because when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, right? And so when Jesus comes into your life, he cleans you up and makes you the best version of yourself. He's not trying to make you into some kind of holy roller or somebody weird, like a lot of church people. Like he's not trying to make you that way. He's trying to make you into the best version of yourself, but one that doesn't carry around the consequence of sin. We have a choice. We could be free from the cost of sin, free from the shame of sin, and over time as we obey God, we can be free from the power of sin that holds us down and causes us to struggle. But if we reject Jesus, you don't belong to God and you're enslaved, enslaved to the cost and the consequences of sin, enslaved to cultural fads and trends, enslaved to your appetites and the appetites of others. This is why we find ourselves stuck, bound up, struggling. So here's the deal. As we start 2023, I just ask this question. Do you believe Jesus is the light of your world? Not the light of the world, not the light of your mom's world or your dad's world or your friend's world or your spouse's world or your girlfriend's. Not the light of someone else's world. Is he the light of your world? And you have to answer that question. If God is who he says he is, he knows your answer. And he knows that we're all on a journey. And I'm so glad that some of you are here and you're going, you know what? I don't know if I believe he's the light of the world. I'm glad you're here. Keep coming. You know what? Some of you might go, he definitely is not the light of my world. I hope that you keep coming. I really do. Some of the things we talk about here, some of the things we say, some of the things we pray about and praise and the things like it might annoy you. You might not like it. You might be like, this is weird. But we believe as a body of believers that Jesus is the light of the world and we can't take that light and do hold it under a bushel. We gotta show it to everyone, right? And so if you, where you are on this question, do you believe he's the light of the world or not? This is between you and God. If you believe that he is the light of the world, then over the next several weeks, what we're going to do is look at these snapshots of Jesus's life and the interaction he has with real everyday people and see the way people get stuck. The same way you get stuck, people then got stuck. And Jesus speaks and doesn't force himself on anyone. He's a gentleman. And he invites people to listen to what he says. And if what he says is believed and followed, people get unstuck. But we're gonna see scenes where people go, I don't believe you, Jesus, and they stay stuck. And so we're gonna walk into this together in God's word and find ways that the freedom comes by obeying. Here's the deal. This is hard because I don't like some of the things the Bible says. I don't agree with some of the things the Bible says. Some of the things that the Bible says is frustrating. Some of the things the Bible says is confusing. Some of the things the Bible says seems ancient and irrelevant. But I don't have a choice. I'm either going to believe in or sit on. Choose. But a follower of Christ is someone who sits on on even when you don't agree, even when you don't understand, even when it doesn't make sense, even when what you sit on you don't think is going to hold you. A follower of Jesus Christ sits down with Jesus. 
and walks with Jesus and listens to Jesus and obeys Jesus. And it's in that sitting, in that staying, in that remaining, in that abiding, that freedom comes. And so some of us are stuck in things for years and we've been following Christ, but we've been disobeying God. We have areas of our lives where we look at our lives and go, well, I don't, I don't really wanna trust him with that, with my money. I don't really wanna trust him with my gender. I don't wanna trust him with my sexuality. I don't wanna trust him with my relationships. I don't wanna trust him with my work. I don't wanna trust him with my kids. I don't wanna trust him with my anxiety. I don't wanna trust him with fill in the blank. I don't wanna trust him with that. And then we wonder why we're stuck. And here's what I'm saying. I could get stuck in traffic and that's not an obedience issue, right? It doesn't mean everything we have in life is we're stuck because we're not obeying. Like if I get on Route 2022 and it's filled with traffic, I'm stuck and it's not because I didn't please God today, right? So we're not looking at everything that way. But is it possible that there are situations and circumstances we find ourselves in and continually find ourselves in because we're unwilling to obey a truth that God has said in his word that we might not agree with, that we might not like, that we might not understand, or we might think is irrelevant. And because of that, we find ourselves stuck, bound, held back, struggling. Is it possible that he's inviting us into a new kind of freedom? Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, I'm so glad that you're here. Right? I want you to hear that. And we would love to invite you as a church family into connecting with other people. There are lots of people around here struggling. And maybe you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with grief or you're struggling with divorce. You're struggling with mental health. We have opportunities for you to connect with other people so you don't have to struggle alone. Some of you are wrestling through who is this Jesus? Is he really the light of my world? I wonder about that. I would invite you to join a small group right, to be connected with other people who are also asking these questions and trying to figure out, is Jesus the light of the world and what does that mean for my daily life? That's why we have these groups. And I can tell you, they meet all over the Lehigh Valley every day of the week, some of them online, and they're made up of mostly normal people. Uh, if you're not normal, we can help you find some not normal people too, right? Like they're made up of people like you and me in all stages of life who are trying to explore and follow and obey Jesus, because some of this is hard. And in our sermon-based groups, these are conversations that take a sermon like this and pull it apart and try to apply it to our everyday life. So go online, stop at guest services if you'd like to get involved in a small group. It's one thing to believe in Jesus. It's another to sit on him. And so is God inviting you this 2023 to move beyond just believing in but believing on, sitting on, putting your full weight on him, and is that the path of your freedom in 2023? I think it might be. Let's pray together. God, thanks for the opportunity to jump into your word that's alive and active. Thank you that when we put our trust in you, you put your spirit inside us. So in the sound of my voice today, there are people that are feeling a lot of different things. Some are feeling conviction. Some are feeling encouragement. Some are feeling comfort. Some are feeling guidance. Your spirit does all of that. You are the light of the world. We all have a choice of 
what we think about that statement. I believe you are, and you have been a light for me, a light when I've struggled sexually, a light when I've struggled financially, a light when I've struggled relationally and occupationally. You have been my light, and I've experienced your peace when I sit on you, when I trust you, when I put my full weight on you. But God, you also know plenty of times where I've not obeyed, not trusted, not put my weight on you. And I found myself stuck in a rut. So as we journey together over these next number of weeks and look at Jesus' life, invite us, encourage us, convict us, guide us into all truth because it is the truth that sets us free. And help us, because sometimes we're just like rebellious kids who no matter what someone says, we're not gonna do it. If there's anyone here that's a rebellious person, would you break their hearts? Would you break through that stubbornness with your love and your gentleness, with your grace and your mercy and your truth? Would you use whatever tool necessary to warm up their hearts and soften their hearts, draw them into a life-giving, light-producing relationship with you. We can trust you. You're good and faithful. And when you set us free, we are free indeed. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.